Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our worship service from the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village. On this Sunday, October 16th, we are so glad that you have joined us for worship today. This is the day that the Lord has made. It is indeed God's blessing to us for another day of life, and I encourage you to uh, appreciate and seize that blessing and make it be all that it can be for you this day. We're worshiping online and in person. We're glad, whichever way it is, that you are with us in worship. Uh, Mass are no longer required in person, yet if you feel comfortable doing that, you are encouraged to feel comfortable doing that and to be with us with a mask on. Um, Whatever is uh, supportive of your sense of health safety, uh, we are supportive of, and so we encourage you to take the precautions that uh, you need. Blood drive is happening this next uh, Saturday morning. Please sign up. You're to sign up electronically through um, the page there that's marked for you, a Valiant. Uh, Caneo Connect is meeting on Wednesdays and still on our campus. So Wednesday evening at 5.30, come for dinner and then a a good multi-generational education experience. And and next, uh, the next Saturday night, Supper is November 5th, but I see that reservations are now being taken, so I want to call your attention to that. Um, RSVP to Barb Stone. We continue with our stewardship sermon series, Celebrating Church, highlighting how church is good for you and it is good for all sorts of folk who open themselves up to the leading and the impact of the Spirit. We're seeking to build the body of the church, helping the church to grow towards health and to wholeness as we all emerge out of these pandemic restrictions and years. We strive to be individually resilient. That's what's been uh, our agenda, what we've been called to need to do as, as humans going through this pandemic and coming out of it. And that resiliency is something that uh, plays itself out in our families and the way we conduct our families and, and uh, bind with each other and uh, open ourselves up to our community. Resiliency is also something that we need to have as a corporate body, as a congregation. And so in this stewardship series, we're talking about resiliency and how through our prayer life, our presence, our gifts, our service, our witness, we can stimulate the resiliency of the body of Christ that we are so that we might uh, blossom more fully into the opportunities God has for us in these months and years ahead. The Stewardship Series is about that, the celebration of the church, its resiliency, and its then mission over these next months and year. You're encouraged to return your pledge card to the church office um, anytime during this month or bring it to worship on the, uh, the last Sunday of October. Uh, the nominating committee is meeting now, and so if, if you were um, prodded along in last week's service to uh, recognize ways by which you might be of service through the church, um, let us know. Uh, send me an email. Let me know what your intentions and your hopes might be of how you might serve so I can get you into the thoughts of the nominating committee. All right, then, let us center ourselves and begin our time of worship.
please stand and join with me in the call to worship and remain standing for the hymn and invocation. Brothers and sisters, let us unite our spirits in the worship of God. Praise, honor, and glory be unto God. Your faith in God is expressed by the priorities you set for yourself. Let us all we do affirm our faith, our love of God and neighbor. Good morning, friends. I'm so happy to be here again with you today. Today for class, you are going to learn about one of my favorite scripture passages. It comes from the book of Isaiah, and it talks about a new Jerusalem, what it will like, be like when peace finally enters this world, how we will all live together, that everybody will have a home and enough food to eat and their provisions will be taken care of and they will get along together peaceably. 
that's such a big word, but having peace among each other, among ourselves, with our friends, with our neighbors, even inside our families when we're not really liking what our brother or sister may have done or the no that we got from our mom and dad. It is so important to finally find a way to just be satisfied with peace. It's the end of the scripture, which is my very favorite part. I want you to hear this. It's from the Message Bible. But it talks so much about my vision of what I'd like peace to be. And of course, it comes from God's own words. So it's God's vision too. And it says this. For they themselves are plantings, blessed by God, with their children and grandchildren likewise, God blessed. Before they call out, I'll answer. Before they have finished speaking, all have heard. Wolf and lion. Wolf and lamb will graze in the same meadows. Lion and ox will eat straw from the same trough. But snakes They'll get in a diet of dirt. Neither animal nor human will hurt or kill anywhere on my holy mountain, says God. Friends, that is what we should be doing each and every day, is striving for that holy mountain that God sends to each and every one of us, those homely moments, those peaceable moments. So as you get ready to go to class and learn more about what the new Jerusalem will be like, keep it in your heart and start to think, what does peace mean to me? And how can I be peace to my parents, to my sisters and brothers, to my friends, to help make our community now a peaceable community? Let us pray. God, Make us that channel of your peace. Help us to love those that may not be so nice to us and help us to look for those that are on the margins or in need so that they too can feel your presence and feel your peace. God, we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, friends, now it's time to go to class. You enjoy your day and I will see you soon. Bye-bye. A number of years ago, uh, when, when Pastor Rachel and I started to uh, uh, be here with you, uh, we saw the opportunity to lift up laity who had served this church in uh, special and uh, very dedicated ways over the years. There was a, a, a number of folk who had really given of their resources and their, their time and energy in um, just exceptional ways. And, and so as part of our 50th, I think that's what got us thinking about it. We wanted to, to honor these folk and it seemed like a good tradition to just continue. And so today on Laity Sunday, we will continue that tradition and we will award a... Uh, uh, a laity award to uh, a couple here in our church. And I've asked Jeannie Severance, our lay leader, to come forward and to uh, be at the mic, please, and to uh, take care of this task. Today is Laity Sunday, 
a day on which we recognize and acknowledge those persons who have faithfully served their church, upholding it by their prayers, their presence, gifts, and service. It is a privilege today to honor two amazing people whose vocabulary does not include the word no, who have become pillars of this church through their involvement in so many capacities, a few of which include their work with youth, including spring break work trips, mystery rambles, weekend retreats, and Sunday evening programs. They have been an integral part of men's and women's ministries in which events are planned for the calendar year. His deep bass voice and his love of singing has enhanced our chancel choir for 40 years. As hospitality chair, she has been a faithful member of women's ministries, organizing our soup and pie luncheons, Sunday after worship hospitality tables and memorial service receptions. The Friday night dinners in their homes have drawn as many as 60 persons enjoying their beautiful surroundings. Their hospitality knows no end. In all things, their compassion, their loving and caring ways have been a blessing to all of us. By now, you have most likely guessed of whom I am referring. Barbara and Russ Stone, come on down. this gift from us with our gratitude and appreciation, and may it be a remembrance of all the love we have shared along the way. Thank you. Were they recipients? God be present with us in this time of prayer so that in a particular way we would know that you are with us, hearing the stirrings of our spirits, the yearnings of our minds, and the hopes of our hearts. We pray for those around us who are struggling with physical or, or mental health issues, troubled relationships, uncertain employment or other forms of, of disease and discomfort, we offer our prayers, Lord God. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. 
Again this week, we think and lift up the Drake family, thinking of Kathy and Ken and the Nodoff family, thinking of Bill and Sandy, Brett Ajita and Sally DeLong, all of them and, and others who we are uh, aware of that are dealing with the effects of cancer and the impact of treatments upon themselves and their family, their loved ones. We pray that you would support and strengthen them as they manage their circumstances and move forward in their lives. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. Faraz Tevo's mother, Margaret Wood, as she moves through her time of hospice. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Dee Crawford's granddaughter, Haley, with a high-risk pregnancy, her husband, Dave, with a malignant tumor, looking for a treatment protocol. For my niece, Sarah Pierce, also seeking a treatment protocol for her lymphoma. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. For a friend of Joni Donaldson, Dr. Ev, who had surgery on Tuesday and is recovering, and the caregiver who helps Dr. Ev move through these times. Oh, Lord, hear our prayer. For Tracy Morse, recovering from a, a bone break in her back from a fall. Cindy Lampe's nephew-in-law, Chad, recovering from heart surgery. My sister, Jeannie, recovering from knee replacement surgery, and Sue Lynn Harwig's sister, Julie, who just had emergency neurosurgery. We pray for all of them that they would heal fully and return to better health. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. This morning, we think of Heliodor Sandoval, the Lambergs. Gardner, whose sister died this last week. As the family grieves, we pray that you would surround them with comfort and grace. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. For those suffering from COVID, those suffering from the after effects of the disease, those whose life has been changed because of it, we Pray your support and your care. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we pray for our world and as we reel from killings and war and floods and fires. We pray for the community of your children around this globe as we seek to find the way to live into that peaceable kingdom, we pray your help, Lord God. Help us to pay attention to what you have said to us already and to follow your lead with what you are saying to us now as we grow in faith and in understanding our bond with one another. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. 
And we think of the joy in the Saltaw family as a new grandson, Ellie Robert Adkins, was born this last week. We celebrate that joy. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. All this we pray in your son's holy name, joining in the prayer he taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
We have two scripture readings today. The first is from Psalms chapter 16, verse 11. Thou dost show me the path of life. In thy presence there is fullness of joy. In the right hand are pleasures forevermore. Our second scripture reading is from Acts chapter 2, verses 43 through 47. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods and distributed them to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they partook of food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who being saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, John, for that good scripture reading of those two passages that remind us the importance of not only connecting to God, but God's expectation that we would connect with one another. And in the getting together with one another, we would find uh, the ways and the power of being in worship, being a person of the spirit, and being in service. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight. I was so excited yesterday. University of Illinois won a football game. Actually, if you're in the know, this is their sixth this year. I'm taking some time to highlight that because I may not be able to say that again in another 10 years. Uh, it's been such a trial for fans of Illinois football for many, many years. But this year, and this year, USC and UCLA, we thought we were going to have just the battle of titans in a week or two, yet uh, last night, USC stumbled. Anyway, sports are on my mind. I was thinking about it. I'm not sure why. I, I just think maybe it's a little easier than some other things that are trying to capture our attention and, and weigh heavy on our soul. So we retreat into the world of sports. I notice that there is a great importance to investing ourselves fully in something if we want to excel at it. There are coaches that are proving themselves or losing their jobs as we talk. I read an article this morning about how one of those coaches when he was trying to uh, move from being dismissed into another position, actually slept 
in the office, in the gym of the school for about a month straight, just having to embrace the demands of his new job. There are certain athletes who are getting attention right now as we start to think about who might be bubbling up for the Heisman and as we learn about their stories about what was behind their being publicized now for us and getting our attention. And oftentimes what we notice in the stories that we are told is that these kids are found to be gym rats. And by that what I mean is that they were always at the gym. They were practicing, they were drilling, they were playing, spending hours uh, daily in the weight room or studying film of their games. Now, this, whether it was football or gymnastics or soccer, they would be in there trying to perfect their ability to do the focus that they were embracing. Jim became a second home for them, and so they got the name Jim Rats. Now, it's an interesting thing to think about, how people who really become good at something spend a lot of time practicing that something. By spending a lot of time practicing, studying it, doing it, they become really good at it if they've got enough of those natural abilities to be able to do it. I think that regardless of how many hours Gloria would have me practice singing, I think I'm just not going to excel to the level of Tracy. I think Tracy's just got some God-given gifts and talents there that I'm just not going to match up to. Um, but I might sound a little bit better than I do now if, if I were to do that. There is some natural ability, some natural openness to what we're talking about to become at the highest echelon of the ability. But for all of us to participate in singing... Well, we all might have enough of that nascent talent to be able to sing well enough that it makes a joyful noise for ourselves and to God, that we might be able to play the game well enough to help our grandchildren learn how to play the game. This is a truth about sports and it's a truth about arts. It doesn't just happen overnight. Those people who are accomplished writers or thespians or, or painters, they've been applying themselves and developing their crafts, right? For years upon years. And, and they might burst upon the scene suddenly to, to us on the outside. But the road to their breakthrough is long and it is hard. And it takes a great deal of discipline, of focus, and of effort. They have put in the time. So I'm not saying that I want you all to be church rats or 
Should I say, I want you to be church mice? And that doesn't sound all that better, does it, to say that? Yet I am here this morning to say that there's an importance, there's a critical importance in investing yourself to reach the goal of a true and a deep faith, of an abiding and an effective discipleship. And you've got to put in the time, just like the vocal artist or the quarterback. Because you just don't happen upon a set of beliefs that sustain your spirit. You just don't stumble upon becoming a mature Christian that is able to handle the temptations or the challenges of society. All of that takes some deep thoughtfulness and prayer and discipline of your spirit and of your, your body, I might say, as well as your mind. To become a fully committed and devoted disciple of Christ, you need to put in your time at the church online or, or in person these days, practicing your faith. So I invite you to think about investing yourself in your faith and in your church. What we do with our time and our focus and where we direct our energy and our talents, it says something. It might say everything about who we are and who we want to become. We need to recognize that we benefit enormously in life, in our health, in our happiness, in our, our general sense of well-being with all the challenges that come at us, that are around us, by being present like the psalmist said, being present to God. And like the author of Acts said, being present to one another in community of faith. We've seen this for some 2,000 years in the life of the church if we want to pay attention to church history. We've seen the marvelous and the wondrous things that happen when a person puts themselves under the influence of the Spirit, of a loving God, and being bathed in that grace responds. Being comforted and renewed in holiness, uplifted and inspired, by righteousness, responds through their words, their thoughts, and their behaviors to build that relationship and build upon that relationship for life tomorrow. Being present is about setting priorities. 
the way life is nowadays, being present at church requires a decision and a will to, to follow up on it. There are so many competing activities on Sunday mornings and throughout the week that connecting with God through the church regularly has become an incredible challenge for people. Being present sets a priority for yourself about your time and about your involvement. When church attendance, whether it's in person or online, this all depends upon our sense of, of health safety now that we're coming out of the pandemic, and it also depends upon our physical ability to be able to actually gather with one another, but it also depends upon our will and our decision about what we're going to do with ourselves. How important is getting in the way of God so that we experience the Spirit? How important is it to being in one another's presence electronically or in person so that we can benefit from the impact of one another. God is God. God is real. God is worthy of worship. Let us worship God. And in our humble bowing down to God, come under the influence of God so that we are uplifted by that spirit to become, to become what? To become the very best that we can be as a child of God. What a marvelous opportunity that is of reaping the benefits of being under the influence of a loving God. A line of communication between you and God is, is established and more pronounced when you intentionally put yourself into the presence of God. God's help is more readily received. Your perceptions and your decisions are, are more influenced by God's love when you're seeking to be affected rather than ducking and covering and hiding. Being present is about setting priorities and expressing them however we possibly can under the strictures of this day, but not letting the strictures of this day get in the way of setting those priorities. Being present is about exposure. Exposure to God, exposure to one another. Have you ever felt that you've actually benefited from another human in your life? I hope a lot. I hope a lot. And, and I hope you would say, people like these kind of people 
are the people that actually help you move through life the way you want to move through life. Discussions with people like these people. Discussions about who God is. Discussions, classes, studying about what might be God's fair expectations of God's children. Insights about what might be fair expectations of being a child of God and receiving the blessings of that grace, that merciful love. Ethical conversations about what's asked of us as a child of God. What might be my life's purpose? Where might I find a meaning that deeply satisfies? How might I actually be able to negotiate the trauma of illness, of the death of loved ones, of all the changes that beset us as we move through life. Now you might get a little of this on the soccer field, I don't know, I didn't. When, when I was coaching and when I was just a dad, I, we didn't have conversations about this kind of stuff over the Gatorade and the sliced oranges on the side of the soccer field. You could, maybe, you could. Uh, I, I, I didn't experience it that way. Or the bar. Or the Rotary Club. Not that any of those are bad. But you get something distinctive. Getting into the body of Christ. Getting under the influence of God. And yes, it might happen on the soccer field or in the bar or the coffee house or in a conversation at Rotary. It might. But we can count on it happening at the church among people who are seeking to have it happen in their lives as they sidle up next to us in worship or in study or in service or even in fellowship at a dinner. Being present is about friendships and relationships. The church isn't the social center that it used to be, but still through the church, significant relationships are developed that change lives for the better. At the church with one another, we get the opportunity, the sacred opportunity of praying for each other, perhaps even of sitting at the bedside of each other. 
We feed one another, we share clothes, we give rides to the doctors. We bind wounds, visible and invisible. We encourage and inspire. We draw out the best from one another. We launch dreams and open possibilities just as we clean up, tidy up after crashes and falls. The body of Christ, the congregation, the church brings added value to all of our lives if we allow ourselves to be present to the church, to God. And we've learned the, the marvelous miracle that we can be present even if we physically are not touching one another through the power of the internet, through the power of being online, that as the situation might demand it, that is an avenue through which we can be in significant relationship with one another. And with God. We are here to support one another's resiliency coming out of some of the worst months of the last 50 years, the last 100 years. It's hard to say. We've had some challenges with our world wars, haven't we? This has been a difficult time. It's called upon our individual resiliency, which comes, which is stimulated and nurtured by our relationship with God as an individual, that God finds a way to draw us back into activity, into life, into new life. Resurrection faith has been asked of us. And it's what we all have at least one day a year for sure. And the hope is we have it one day a week at least for sure with Sunday worship. And the deep hope is that we have it each day for sure by being connected with God. Individual resiliency. Come out of your tomb, Lazarus. Family resiliency. Congregational resiliency. All anchored in being present to God and present to one another so that we might make a difference with one another for one another, for the world. Amen.
Thank you, Walt. You're invited to share of your financial resources <clears throat> via the instruction that will appear momentarily on the screen to help support the ministries of Christ that happen through our congregation. If you are worshiping in person, you are invited to take advantage of the ushers who will be passing offering plates down the pews. Your generosity is needed to keep us going, to keep us doing the good we do. So give generously and be part of what happens in people's lives through the congregation of the United Methodist Church of Westlake Village. And thank you, Rick. And thank you, Wayne. Let us pray. 
Holy God, we ask that you bless these gifts and those who give them, that our ministries and your son's spirit might thrive, helping your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Please stand to sing hymn number 581. service has been a blessing to you. Uh, I hope you feel encouraged to take advantage of God's offer to be in deep and personal and powerful relationship with you so that you might benefit from the presence of God and experience the presence of God in each other's presence. Now, let us know, if you are connecting with us online, we are so very glad that you are, but we don't know who you are. And we would like to kind of live into this ser sermon of connecting with one another by knowing who is connecting to us online. So, in particular, those folk who are online with us, give us a holler, give us an email or a text or something to the church so that we know who is connecting with us and we might discover new ways through which we can connect to you. For all of us, whether we're online or in person, we have a great opportunity in two weeks to connect with one another and lay down a good foundation for our future through a church planning retreat that will be happening right after worship. If you have not signed up for that and you attend to, please let Rick know or let me know or call into the church office and let Vinia know so that we know how many mouths will be expecting to feed. We hope that lots of folk will join us in this enterprise. Let's work with the Spirit and bid one another God's blessings this week. Stay safe, be healthy, know that you are loved. We go in God's Spirit, seeking peace and justice, letting love lead. Be blessed by that Spirit and be a blessing to others. Amen. Amen.